Hey there, folks. What do you know? Episode number 76. We are back, and this week we are talking with the market manager of the Oneida County Public Market, Beth Irons. Uh, I just want to get it out of the way real quick. Microphone's being a little uh, fritzy today, so it does sound like a quote-unquote older episode of the podcast, but that's only for this week. We'll be back next week sounding pure and clean. However, we are talking this week about the paving plan. We are talking about uh, Dakota Access Pipeline. We're talking about mental health. Uh, We're playing a quick game of Would You Rather, and we're taking a quick history lesson. All that and more. Episode number 76. We are happy to have you here. This week is, is for me at least. I don't finals week. Fine. Do you have finals? I have finals. And like your students also sort of have finals, yeah. No, they have regents that Ooh. are coming up sooner than later, but the not regents. finals. Uh, no, I have college finals this week. How many finals you got? Uh, two, two. No big two. deal. This is actually so only, low key. Only two. So you overselling the finals a little bit? A little bit. For sake of the narrative. For sake of the narrative. I don't. I don't fault you. <laughs> it's finals week. I don't, yeah, sorry, mom. I couldn't come up to the house. You know, finals week, getting crazy. Finals Can't week, come crazy. rake the lawn or whatever. <laughs> couldn't come rake the driveway. Uh, but yeah, yeah. So, I'm, uh, but what's nice about this, really, for me, is now because I've already scheduled my classes for next semester, and because this was my last Monday class, I know for you, you have to be. You've been working on Mondays now, but for me, now I don't have to go to class after work on Mondays. So now I feel like I'm not. Uh, the strain isn't on as much as it was. Oh, see, that's even. See, it's too bad that I had to start working at Mondays now instead of uh, instead of my normal Sundays and Mondays off because then we could just crank the podcast at like three o'clock and call it a day. Well, the news from last week ignored today's news. Do it early in the morning. See, see what I mean? So you don't get too inside your head. <laughs> right in the show during the day, you see too much content. You're like, I don't know. Content. I don't know what's put on. I love content. Take a lot of pressure off. Uh, pressure is the best. Pressure turns into a diamond. Uh, after billions <laughs> and billions of years. <laughs> it's true. And that's actually a real scientific figure. It's billions and billions. <laughs> uh, so this week on the show, we have uh, Beth Irons, who was a great interview. Beth uh, Irons out of nowhere sort of popped up as a surprise. Well, yeah, uh, yeah sort of sort of out of nowhere. I had gone down to the United County Public Market, nah, United County Public Market on Saturday to... Uh, to ship off some coloring books, popping up coloring books left and right, pew, 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 firing them off like a laser beam. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. I was trying to make that sound more exciting than it was. No, I sat at the, um, me, and, uh, me and Utica's finest, Kate Riley, and Mr. Man Utica, Justin Parkinson, down there uh, Saturday morning at the United County Public Market, which I love, by the way. Love hanging out at the public market. Got myself a nice cup of coffee. Uh, walked around, looked at all the delicious uh, foodstuffs. I love foodstuffs. I love crafts. <laughs> Good time. And during the course of this course, ran into... Uh, course of this course. Okay. Uh, I ran into market manager uh, Beth Irons, and um, shout out to GFLP, uh, Marcy Dyer, for letting us co-op that office to do the interview. Oh, that was really nice of them. Yeah. They got a nice office there in the train station. Yeah. Matter of fact, a little, uh, little trivia for you. This is the first time we... was not the first time we recorded there. First time oh, yeah. we recorded there was all the way back in episode number three. With Supermom Kate Miller uh, recorded there because we had no one well. to go. <laughs> Before well. early studio troubles back then. And uh, it was nice to be back 74 
episodes later. 70 something. So, uh, but yeah, so Nevada County Public Market, great time. Um, it's going to be a good interview. Yeah, it's fun. She's got a lot to say. She does. Yeah. She does. Yeah, unsung, sure. uh, definitely an unsung hero for people doing stuff in the city, I would yeah. have to say. Yeah. Uh, well, nice long interview. We'll get to that in just a minute. Uh, also, really quickly, I want to uh, thank everybody who came out to the Jingle Jam event uh, last <clears throat> Thursday at the Dev. Good times. Nice to see everybody. I was happy everyone came out. Uh, it was nice just seeing folks. I saw a lot of previous Uticast uh, celebrities out there. You know, I noticed that at the Jingle Jam. It was, I mean, listen, I'm not going to take 100% credit for this show, getting people out to the Jingle Jam, but I noticed a lot of former guests out there. A lot of good friends of the pod. It was really nice to see everybody. Um, I actually, I won something in the raffle. Did you know that? I did not. I won uh, that print of the Stanley that Maria Valise from Metro Sorrento did. Nice. Actually, it was one of the ones I was really pulling for, so I was stoked about that. Also, for a long-time Uticast listeners, there was one extra special person out at the Jingle Jam this week. That was the one Aaron Higgins. Oh, yeah, it was nice. Saw Higgins. It was great to see Higgins. She sent out her dispatch to all the listeners. She's busier than she's ever been. Mm. She was saying she misses the show, wishing well, trying to catch up. Yeah, yeah, she's the best. It's good to get everybody together. We uh, are in the same spot. When I saw her at the event, we didn't even talk. We just shared a long embrace. It was just, yes. We just embraced, and we nodded and said, yes, I know. Yes. It's been a long time. <laughs> it's true. It's tough, man. Everybody's so busy. You get old. Everybody just gets crazy busy. Like, none of us have even got our stuff enough together to have, like, wives and kids yet. So, mm-hmm. like, soon people get even busier, probably. You ever think about the end of the show? Oh, Jesus. Uh, I'm just curious. I've never, I, don't, I don't have any plans for it. I'm just curious. I've, I've, no, I picture, listen, I can picture... Uh, a semi-melted planet where there's oceanfront property in Ilium, New York, and a desolate world where bands of roving survivors are rousting about just trying to, you know, hmm. make a go of it. And I see you broadcasting from the top of some summit, <laughs> solo, in it, like in a trailer in a burned-out nuclear fallout world, just yeah. still casting for the people. Deep within a vault underneath as long the... As long as you draw breath, the cast goes on. <laughs> <laughs> what I mean is like I wonder if like at some point in time this show will reach a natural shelf life is what I mean oh I some, mean, uh, more than anything I, else yeah that was like episode probably 15 <laughs> 16 maybe no because well, you know what I think it is um, I, I know what you mean when you say that yeah. we kind of talked about like, you know, how, how long we do it for but really what it comes down to is there's not a reason to stop sure it doesn't I mean it takes us time and it takes us you know nominal amounts of money here and there to produce mm. this show but, like, realistically, it's something that we do almost as a hobby. I mean, right now, you know, we're in the studio, but for all intents and purposes, we're in, we're in the house. We could be in the living room. You know what I mean? Like, that's my, that's my kitchen. That's my living room in between the two. So I don't see a reason there ever would be to stop unless one of us got pulled away so hard. But you would have to stop, though, is what it would have to be. It's true. If you didn't have time to do the show anymore, or you weren't doing it, or you didn't want to, I wouldn't do it without you. I think, vice versa, you could find somebody to replace me. Sure. I don't know if I would. No, there's no I chance. There's, there's, I understand. There's no chance. My only, I think, I think the only thing for me is that I'm known to flights of judgment changes, like out of nowhere. Like it's not out of the realm of possibility for me to just go. Nah, yeah, you know what? I think I think I want to be in a band again. Or I think I want to write. I'm down for that. If you want to listen, if you want to abandon the show for band practice every Monday, <laughs> you people are on your own. You can have the microphone. You can have the old laptop. We put that out as a vote. If you guys want us to end at 100 and just start a band with the three of us, I'll run that by Mara when she gets out here. If we end it at 100 and start a band, launch it at 100. Well, back where we begin. There's just no drummer. Mara doesn't play the drums. <laughs> we can teach her to play the drums. That's, no, we can't. If we could teach somebody else to play the drums, we'd play the drums. Can she sing? I can play the drums. You can play the drums. 
<laughs> can and should are two different terms. Got to get that endurance off those calf muscles. Why? <laughs> <laughs> I'd have to get back in training. You got to have Mara take you to the gym. Do some rolling. Well, I can't. Jitsu Look, let's be real. I can't hang with Mara at the gym. No. No. Mara's low-key an animal. Like, I saw <laughs> those pictures. For real, I saw a picture of her, like, the Utica's, like, strongest athlete. And she's just tossing tractor tires left and right like Magneto. It's insane. <laughs> she's doing jiu-jitsu. With the rings on them. It's a care. whole thing. It's a whole thing. Oh, I'll tell you. I, I think sometimes in my lack of... Uh, I've never been in phenomenal shape. I've been in good shape here and there, right? I wonder what it would be like to be, like, just jacked, like crazy strong. I'm no, not, we feel like an X-Men. I'm not trying to put in the effort to find out. Like, I don't care enough to know. <laughs> like, I'm curious, but only casually curious. Right. Not like, not, like, changing my lifestyle, you know, or anything like that. But, uh, I don't know, I'd be tight to just be... I always think about it in terms of sports, right? Like, sometimes I'll watch soccer, and I'll watch, like... I'll watch someone score an amazing goal and I'll think to myself I just want to know what that feels like once I'm not trying to be like a prof- I would just like to know what it's like to like hit a home run and watch it go like 450 feet you know what see I mean? I'll take you one further because really all you're doing there is a swing and it's not to you know kick and that's not to denigrate what those guys do you know I couldn't do it rah rah all that trash but what I'll take it one further and say look at these people that do like parkour Parkour, sure. Like these people sure. just running sprinting rooftops <laughs> back flipping free climbing walls that that has to feel like you're the X Men. Yeah, it's you true. have to feel like Spider Man, bombing around, jumping from rooftops. I saw no joke. I saw a video today where this guy was he was at a mall, much like they have at like Destiny, where they've got one of those elevators, but like the elevator's like an outside glass like semicircle. And this guy, his friend, closes the elevator on him. He goes to the railing. He jumps off the railing. He's on like the seventh story in the atrium at this mall. Oh. He jumps over the railing, lands on top of the elevator car, rides it down three floors, jumps back off the elevator over another railing onto a third floor. Like casual. This is like some nineteen-year-old kid in sweatpants. Do you remember the last time I thought that I was a superhero? Oh, your 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 first and last attempt at parkour. Yeah, when I attempted to leap from boat to dock to impress a girl who didn't love me, and I, I, and I destroyed my hips. You know, oh, come on in. The coffee's plenty better. Oh, yeah. yeah I thought I thought that you had snapped your femur. <laughs> I, thought, I thought that you had snapped your femur. Uh, much like J.R. Smith, my rational confidence overtook my uh, my good judgment, and I just I, went with instincts. Just know? goes to show. I mean, for all of our you know lady listeners out there, Sam would do anything for love. <laughs> You don't even have to love him back. <laughs> no, no, it seems to be a running trend. Um, all right, let's uh, let's take a break. Mara will be here in just a minute to show us what a true podcasting animal she is. Maybe she'll do some parkour. It's an in-studio parkour for Mara. We'll be right back. the all black are you feeling particularly um excuse me oh, oh okay gray socks my but... socks are gray <laughs> and wool uh, i want to bring you in a conversation we were just having uh, i was i was sort of discussing sometimes i'll watch like like athletes like i watch like a someone dunk or i'll watch someone score going all like i just want to know what that's like just for a second to feel like that kind of like moment 
Uh, and Kevin <laughs> told me that you are an animal in the gym, quote unquote, based on research he's done. What? Sort of. I saw her in the uh, Utica's Strongest Person contest. You saw yeah. that? Just out there tossing tractor tires, like flipping cars around, mm-hmm. yanking buses up and down the road. I think that was someone else. <laughs> <laughs> so my question is, my, I guess my question is, he wants to know it, what it's like to be strong. What does, oh, it feel like, what does it feel like to go through your day-to-day life so, like a superhero? Is what I'm curious about. Oh, my God. <laughs> I don't even do anything cool, ever. <laughs> I do that, like, once a year, and then I dress in disguise when I go to the gym so nobody notices it's me. Usually look something like this, actually. Yeah, yeah. Something like all black, this. All black hardcore care. And um, it's fun. Hat. Sam... I like to be like. You have a strong heart. (laughs) (laughs) My heart is very diplomatic. Very strong already. Um, Very diplomatic. um, So, (laughs) besides fighting crime, uh, what (laughs) what's on your mind these days? How you been? Oh, um, I'm a little upset. You're upset. I'm upset. I like when you're upset normally for content at least, content wise. You're right. It's It's good content when you're angry. Um. So last weekend, I was standing on the porch of my friend's house. And I saw my car across the street, because that's where I parked it, for a merely, like, ten minutes. And I see a cop pulls up behind it. Okay. So, I don't think anything of it, because the cop gets out, and he starts speaking to someone who lives, like, a few houses down. So, I assume it has nothing to do with me, so I just wait, and I sit there. And I'm like, I'm not going to go bother them. Until I notice them putting a ticket on my car... For $50 <laughs> while I watched them oh. for 20 minutes pull up and actually write out the ticket and put it on my car. And he said, there's nothing I can do. I already printed it. So. What was the ticket for? So Were you parked illegally? or This is my issue. It was a street literally like right around the corner. Okay. Okay. And there was only one no parking sign. And it was at one end of the street. So if okay. I came the other way, unless I got out of the car and walked all the way down to the corner at the stop sign and looked at that sign specifically, mm. I would have no idea. And I didn't really think anything of it. And he said the reason why he gave it to me is because it was blocking, but there was no one else parked down the road. Potential blocking. Potential Theoretical blocking. blocking. So mm. I'm a little upset. I'm not going to lie. It's tough. Better smash open that piggy bank. 50 bucks Dude. is a tall order. You got 72 hours. Else pennies. it becomes 100. I have to pay my pennies. Uh, you, Out of control. I don't think you know about this. Kevin wrote a uh, scathing. Uh, it's not scathing. <laughs> yeah, totally. Really? No. Kevin wrote a piece for Made in Utica, which if you've never read it, you should go back and read it. It's, uh, it's very on point about $50 parking tickets. I think that mm-hmm. $50 is too much for... I think there can be a tiered system of parking. Like mm-hmm. For something like that, where you're like, parking overnight should not be the same thing as like parking in a fire lane. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Charge those people 50 bucks if it's yeah. something like that. But for parking overnight, 50 is too much for people, especially a lot of people live in apartments. Those people live upstairs and downstairs, or different situations. Or trying to avoid drunk driving. Exactly. And, you know, so it's things like that where they charge 50, and then within 72 hours, it's $100. Mm-hmm. And then next thing you know, it's 150 and, like, people have got warrants out. You're going to boot on your car. Yeah. It's just too much. I understand we need to make money, but uh, it's it's just too much to put on the people, and it's not fair. Yeah. That's what the article is in a nutshell. The cop even felt bad. He was like, I really don't want to give <laughs> well, you this. I'm not going to say the cop's name. He was not happy to give it. He didn't feel like it was fair, but he knew it was something he had to do. Mm. I feel like uh, with, we got a little, we got, I don't know, we got excited for a while because it seemed like after a couple months we weren't getting parking tickets. We were leaving the car on the street for a couple weeks. Well, we got the, spoiled. It was, it was the Wild West. It was the Wild West. Like after, after a while it seemed like, oh, maybe they're just not 
giving us tickets anymore because they just realize we live here, right? Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> well, because like you see the same cars every day, so you assume all of this person you know, lives. Yeah, but then they came back with a vengeance. <laughs> yeah, so for like, really? yeah, yeah, for we got a little too comfortable. They snapped up yep. like three people on a Sunday morning, and we were yep. like, "Damn." Yep. Yeah. I'm thinking in the back of my head, I'm like, they read our editorial. They saw what's up. They don't want to give us tickets anymore. They know. <laughs> they're not afraid. I'm yeah. tickets left they and right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> no, they let us know that they were still doing their thing, though. Yeah, um, that's great. Awesome. Uh, guys, before we get into this week's news stories, I just want to ask, I know we are going to cover Christmas coming up. It is December. I just want to ask you, uh, my mom has been hassling me about not making a Christmas list for her. She's like, you haven't told me anything you want for Christmas. Mm-hmm. And my answer has been, that's because I haven't taken like 40 seconds to think about anything I want for Christmas, really. Right. Like, I, I never, I always think about things I want, but I never, like, I don't ever sit down and make a list of all the things I'd like to buy. Yeah. Not for nothing. Nobody's ever given me a nice handy list. <laughs> yeah. I <laughs> people to buy presents for. Nobody gives me a list. Like, here's my top three mm-hmm. options, please, and thank you. You know what mm-hmm. it is? Who says you get a list? So I guess my question is, when people ask you guys, what do you want for Christmas? What's your answer to them normally if you haven't thought about it? Money or cheese? Money, yeah, money and money cheese. Money and cheese. Yeah. Money is really the answer. Money so I can buy cheese, cheese <laughs> so I have cheese. <laughs> I feel like money is the money is the new gift card. It's like a practical gift that you feel weird giving out. Gift cards are now mainstream. You can give gift cards anywhere. You just, yeah. I fling gift cards out for the holidays now. I'm like, boom, Amazon, boom, Target, everywhere. Dish, well, dish, dish. What my dad always did, I never wrote lists when I was little. He would just be like... A few days after Christmas, I'm going to take you shopping. And you can just pick out whatever the hell you want. And then mm. there you go. And I was like, this is now, awesome. I get whatever so I want. That's actually that's pretty, awesome. that's pretty power. I like that. That's a good move. Yeah, it was nice. Um, but yeah, I'm not, you know, can I have Christmas list? What do you? I Nothing. I always tell people not nobody has to get me anything for Christmas. And like that, I'm aware that's not practical. People are going to. <sighs> but I can't think of a single thing that I want somebody to give to me. I really can't. I have no oh. idea. All the stuff I want, I just sort of get. I pick out the stuff I like, and that's it. You know what I mean? Kevin's getting fuzzy socks this year. You know, and they'll sit in the drawer, and they'll take up just some space. Mm-hmm. Did you ever have a point in time when you, when you thought that wool socks were a bad gift? Now I'm like, yo, socks. It's funny. Yeah. Older. Absolutely. <laughs> I love socks. My toes get cold. Um, guys, uh, I know sometimes uh, on this show, it seems like we're uh, we're all going a little bit crazy. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I mean yeah. uh, but I guess, I guess my question is, do you guys ever think you're going crazy? You ever feel like person sometimes like you're going crazy? Uh, pretty pretty often. Is that, <laughs> pretty regular. Is that, is that fair to say? Is that not weird? <laughs> no, that's not weird. I think I... there is no weird. Everybody's probably got a different line. Everybody's got yeah. a different answer. Nothing's weird. It's just individual. Hmm. Well, what I'm getting at is, um, so I've talked about the show about depression before. I've gone on many long standing. Sorry, Kevin, I'm like throwing my hands out because I'm doing that Italian thing where I talk with my hands just flying all over the place. I'm like hitting Kev. Uh, I've talked about depression on this show before, and it is that time of the year where people start to get uh, down and out because of the holidays. Seasonal depression. Seasonal depression. Sam's favorite time of year. He was going right, up for seasonal indeed. depression. So. <laughs> oh, I know. think it's coming right around the corner. Seasonal depression. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not joking either. <laughs> oh, my God. Uh, what makes you think of all the time is, like, uh, when I was a kid, I took uh, abnormal psychology in college, right? Yeah. And, and you get that textbook. And it, and it gives you, like, the list of all the different mental disorders and anxiety disorders. You circle it, like, the classified Yeah, list. you know, too, like, yeah, I, like, which one of these do I have? And when you realize this, when you look through all these books, that at a certain level, you could always just self-diagnose yourself to have any number of yeah. mental anxiety disorders. WebMD syndrome. Yeah. Yep. So one of those things I tell people, it's always important to not overly self-diagnose too much, especially now in the internet era where there's so much information available that there's a lot of misinformation available about depression as well. Well, and people talk about it. So like, hmm. 
um, sarcastically hmm. that nobody really even knows what the actual meaning is anymore of anything. That's <laughs> true. That's or what it means to actually have it. We're a very cynical generation now. The millennials oh, yeah. are cynical, guys. Uh, I'll say this, though. Um, I read an article today on Vice. It was, uh, they were interviewing Johan Jarko. Johanna Jarko, pardon me. She's a PhD from the National Institute of Mental Health. Just in case Johanna's listening. Just in case she's listening. <laughs> uh, but uh, basically, we're talking about mental, uh, mental health in general. Mental disorders tend to emerge in people during their 20s. Uh, and this is through a combination of changing brain chemistry and uh, major life upheaval, like major events in your life. Yeah. Uh, generally, the number is that 90%, uh, basically, if you're going to get a mental disorder, if you have anxiety, if you're in that spectrum where it could be a thing, 90% of the time, it, it exerts itself in your 20s. Oh, that's exciting. Well, yeah. Speaking from the glorious mountaintop of my 30s, I guess I'm all set. <laughs> <laughs> but well, okay. that safe. well that's, an, that's an interesting point, though. So in our, I'm in my 30s, although I feel like my mental health issue is always riding the algorithm of life. How do you feel? Like, do you feel like your your do you feel like your twenties were tough for you in terms of like coming to terms with like mental health and stuff? Um, I do you have to come to terms with mental health if Some you have do. like I I think it's I don't know that's tough to say because I never think about it like check your mental health like it's not it's always mm. something that's on a pretty even keel you know me pretty well I've got a pretty even keel and like life is throwing a lot of really terrible stuff at me especially on the back end of my 20s yeah and all that stuff is hard and it leaves you know there's still there's always those marks there and stuff like that but you can find a way to keep it even even keel and prevail like sort of through still and storm with the people and the sport networks you have it takes a lot of that pressure off to do it all yourself and be constantly you know beating yourself up thinking about keeping your mental health in check and how everything's going and stuff like that well, I'll just sort of be and not take so much of it on your own shoulders, I guess. Hmm. Does that make sense? No, it does. It does. Well, how about you, Mark? Other side of this, in your 20s, do you feel like uh, your your mental health state changes in your 20s? Do you feel like mm-hmm. you're... Yeah. yeah. Right, well, go ahead. Let's hear what you totally. got for me. Well, I mean, it's, it's hard, too, because the past few years have been the first time that I've actually seen people in my own family talk about their own mental health, people mm. that I thought were, like, invincible at one point. You know what I mean? And now everyone's talking about it so openly and because it's becoming such, unfortunately, like kind of a casual thing to talk about, Mm -hmm. um, you're seeing a lot of people that you would never expect to go through something like that. But I think that's good that it's that casual to talk about. I think it's important, especially you said like seeing adults in your family, which is funny because I still think the same way too. Like I think about the adults in my family, even though I'm also an adult. Like when I look at, you know, the older generation that raised me, I think those people being open and honest about, you know, some of the challenges that may come your way throughout the course of your life and like sharing that Mm -hmm. makes it probably seem less scary and daunting to face like on your own. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I I think it's better that there's a more open conversation Mm -hmm. about it in society at large or whatever it may be. Uh, one thing to take note, uh, the article talks a little bit about this. If you want to read the article in full, again, I'm not going to dissect it. It's a good article. It's on Vice. Uh, it's about mental health in your 20s. Just It's on Twitter. Look for it. Uh, one of the things they talked about, though, is certain types of depression tend to be either inherited or are biologically ingrained in you, but certain ones are affected by the environment. Generally, bipolar disorder, schizophrenia, those tend to be uh, inherited. Mm-hmm. Uh, but things like anxiety and depression do tend to be affected by your environment. So good environment uh, can push you one way or the other if you are on that bubble of depression. So uh, working to build a better environment, and I know that's harder to do than it is to say, uh, but taking steps to work toward a better environment is something you can do to help keep depression or anxiety in check, especially around the holidays. Maybe that's why it's so hard for people in their 20s. 
because oh, that's yeah. usually a point in your life when you're trying to either decide if you want to stay or if you want to mm. go with what's been the norm for most of your life. And yeah, and I'll, I'll buy that because, you know, also you talk about environment, like actual physical environment. Mm. I know throughout my 20s, I lived, I had a lot of different apartments, houses, you know what I mean, mm. different places. And it was, you know, transient, like get a year lease and then maybe move somewhere, like do two years on a lease, move somewhere and something mm. like that. And so there's not a lot of that home feeling. Yeah. That's something I've talked about as I've gotten a little bit older. It's nice to start to be able to like feel home when I'm yeah. somewhere now. Yeah. And that's probably something that, you know, I don't think that I think there's probably a lot of people out there who have that same experience, like moving around. You know, how many people you know that have like moved away, come back? How many people you know that have three or more apartments in the last like mm. five or six years? You know what I mean? So I think that's definitely probably a harder thing for people because it doesn't give you that sense of, you know, calm and sameness and routine and everything. Yeah. And, you know, for, on, my, on my spectrum, it's as someone who is somewhat aware of my depression and I've come to terms as I get older with, I've done enough research and I've done enough work about it to where I can be cognitive and outside of it. Like, okay, I can see I'm being depressive. What can I do to try and pull back on this? You know what I mean? Uh, but I also feel like in hindsight, if I look at it, my depression is not the depression that some people really struggle with. And it yeah. must be very hard for people who can't pull themselves out of that situation and observe themselves making depressive behaviors or depressive actions. That makes sense. I think my, my the empathy side of my brain will pull me out sometimes because if mm. I'm sometimes feeling like, you know, you're feeling a little bit of depression, something like that, then you look at it like, oh my God, like so many people, right. this is a real problem for so many people. Mm. And it sort of gets you to like kick your own ass and be like, all right, come on, you know what you have to do. Like mm. just get up. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. that's fair. Uh, again, folks, physical health and mental health, it's important take care of the both mentally strong physically strong strong heart health strong, <laughs> strong heart I'll health. be mentally strong <laughs> Sam's got the strongest heart Mara's just physically strong <laughs> I'll take it the kids are we're basically we're like <laughs> three quarters of the ways of Wizards of the Odds uh, <laughs> oh my god uh, is Parkinson Dorothy who's Dorothy <laughs> Parkinson is absolutely Dorothy <laughs> he's got no heart he's physically weak physically weak <laughs> mentally <laughs> weak emotionally weak Aww. Uh, guys, I, um, I did hear some good news today. Um, this course, we haven't really talked about, uh, Dakota Access Pipeline at all, just because I, I don't know, I, I felt hard, it felt hard to approach it. This is another story that is being covered almost everywhere in social media, regular media, big time, small time. If you are unaware of what's going on, I'm not going to be able to fill you in, in 30 seconds. Sometimes you get a lot of stories soak in. Yeah. Like now you're pretty sure that everybody's heard of it. It's like, now I can talk about it. I don't have to explain it. Like, it's sort of... Yeah. Uh, well, today, of course, members of Standing Rock uh, Sioux Tribe in North Dakota are celebrating the Department of the Army's decision to block the building of the Dakota Access Pipeline on their reservation, uh, lengthy environmental renewal, and basically review of the process to what they can do otherwise will lead to a halt for the project for, quote, uh, at least months to years. Uh, shout out to my girl, Dio Gandhi, who is actually out there. In oh, North yeah? Dakota, yeah, my girl from New York. She's from Brooklyn. Uh, follow her on Twitter, uh, 1491 Decolonize. She's chilling out there. Good nice. updates. Yeah, yeah. Interesting. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I find this to be, this was a weird story for me to talk about. Like, I don't, I don't know, there's so much going on for it. I was glad to hear good news. It was nice to hear something good today in the morning when I woke up. Right. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'm glad that, I hope this isn't the end of the story. I hope more good comes from it than just this was a story that was a big deal. And now it's over, and then we'll never talk about it again. I, I'm always encouraged when I hear a story where sometimes, like, 
a large company or corporation or entity like that didn't get their way. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's nice, nice sometimes when like their lawyers don't win. And even if this is like a small battle or just like a little sidestep or there's appeals or hmm. whatever may happen, anytime I see a story where it's like, hey, you know, the perceived good guy actually mm-hmm. won one this time, you're like, oh, well, that's nice today. Yeah. And it'll be undone by lunch, but like it's nice to see. Yeah. <laughs> I keep uh, I keep teasing talking about this paving plan. Every time I look at it, I don't feel like I want to talk about it anymore. <laughs> It's yeah. like the most, it's, it's the least impressive story I have on the list. We didn't talk about it after the election because, well, the election happened, and then we had that whole... We had a lot of talk Lots to talk about. Yeah, um, everybody said, I feel like a lot of people are like shell-shocked. Everybody's like tired. Everybody's just like, oh. <laughs> everybody's like, you see the news today? No. <laughs> yeah, but we, yeah, we got the paving plan passed, too, so they're going to pave all of our, our roads. Good for Joe Marino, our buddy spearheaded. He got yes, this thing yeah. through, and that was great. Very true. Good for Joe. Uh, he was very passionate about this project, and I'm... I was happy to see it go through. I was surprised it was such a divisive issue in the city. I know that it raises taxes. I think, well, I think, I think what it is, the plan is right now, the way that they're, you know, they're doing it, it's going to be spent over five years, and right now they think that they've got some funds they can allocate to move to another way and like, get the money from somewhere else. But they've said, inevitably, there may come a time where they're, you know, it's going to have to be paid for, so there may come a time in the future where they raise taxes. Mm-hmm. And that's what people are concerned about because a lot of people, their opinion is like, you know, I've heard this before. You'll say this, like, oh, no, we're going to do it. You put it, and then a couple yeah. years down the road, the taxes mm-hmm. are up. Mm-hmm. They feel like they've been there before. And so I think that's what people were upset about. But, I mean, it comes down to a tough conversation because you have a couple of choices. You either let the roads continue to deteriorate, or you find some way to pay for it. Now, if that's higher taxes, that's the easiest way to do it. Maybe not the easiest on the people, but it's like the simplest, mm-hmm. yeah. like the fewest steps, the fewest thought process. But you have to find a way to pay for things if you want things. And the type of people who complain about, you know, a couple extra bucks on the taxes tend to overlap quite a bit in a Venn diagram with the people who will write a Facebook post complaining about a pothole that they hit. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So yeah. we've got to find some way to pay for it. So at least it's a plan. Mm-hmm. It's a plan to do something. Now we've got another challenge. Let's find the money. Mm. Well, very good. Paving plan. Got it out of the way. See, I just paved that right over for you. Right paved over. See, I know you didn't want to do it. Just take the whole It was worth my taxes. It was worth my tax hike. All Um, all your property taxes? All property taxes. Your vast property empire? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, of course. Um, All right. So let's talk about this. This is the weirdest story of the week, I think. Uh, So this is a story from China. Uh, shipbuilder, yeah, shipbuilder is working on a full-size replica of the Titanic. Really? Yep, full-size replica of the Titanic. Now, it's, look at how hard Mara's rolling her eyes, sorry. or yeah. falling asleep, or she hates it. <laughs> a couple things. Why do you hate the Titanic? I don't hate the Titanic. I hate this idea. <laughs> well, it's important to know it's not a movable ship. They've made a couple points in here to say, quote unquote, it's not an actual like it's docked in the water, but it doesn't go anywhere, right? It's a replica of the ship, and the idea is it's sort of a museum and an attraction. And you just, but here's the thing: you can go on a simulation of the disaster. <laughs> so, isn't that nice? I've got. I got to tell you, I've got a. I got a basket loaded with takes and questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, first of all, I think I'm all the way in on the stimulation. Simulation, yes. Yeah, so I think, I I'm, think I'm all the way in. I'm like going through the reenactment if you're on this thing. It's like Universal Studios. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's you something like that. Go in the water. Probably. I hope you better. It's better I, be that cold then. For the money I'm taking to fly to China, I better get in the water. <laughs> <laughs> but it's it's interesting because you're at first thought you're like, well, what do the Chinese care? Uh, there was probably not a single Chinese person aboard the Titanic. And do you think you know it's funny because like we're going to recreate this ship, but you know they're doing it because of Leo. 
And Kate Winslet. Yes. You yeah. know it's because of the movie. That, and it's, so it's funny that a movie made this real thing happen mm. again in the real world. It is Leo. It, well, that's a big part of it that I find fascinating, right? Yeah. They even talk about it in the article. A big part of this is that that movie was tremendously popular. Yeah. Um, because I could not for the life of me think of another disaster in American history that you could make a theme park attraction out of? Like, you're not making a Hindenburg... We're getting out of the end. I'm going to let you know. We are out. Like, like, I'll, I'll, I'll leave it here. I'm near the end. Right. Show me shit back so I'm saying, the Hindenburg, right? All right, all right, all right. Go with the Hindenburg, right? You're not making a, recre- a recreation of the Hindenburg, right? Unless <laughs> there is a romantic adventure movie based on the Hindenburg that becomes wildly popular. Then it becomes culturally okay to do something like that. Cool. Right? Am I wrong? How many people died in the Hindenburg? I don't know. How do you not know that? I didn't do my research on the Hindenburg. Jeez. I'm just throwing it out here. <laughs> Call yourself a capital P professional journalist. Lowercase <laughs> um, P capital J. No, it definitely helps soften the blow. It definitely helps soften the blow. Right. There's a nice movie to look at with it with like a Celine Dion song and all that mm-hmm. stuff. And, mm-hmm. you know, lovely visuals, James Cameron. You love stuff. Celine. I love Just Celine. think about it. Celine in front of the Hindenburg just singing like, uh, what's that other Celine song she had? She had that one other hit. Nope. Just the one. how many? All right, I mean, well, we're just going to... All right, well, we're going to go on from there. Uh, let's let's go to this week's interview. Um, and this interview, it sort of presented itself in a really interesting way. I was at the market, and I ran into Beth, and it just sort of worked out. Again, shout out to Marcy Dyer. Thanks for letting us use the studio. Uh, Beth Irons, if you don't know her, she's the market manager for the Oneida County Public Market, uh, but that brief byline description does not accurately provide a complete picture of all the things she does and is involved with in the city. So uh, we're going to go to our interview with her and we'll be back in just a moment. show in the Maiden Utica studio, mm-hmm. and one of the reasons I tell them is, people in the Maiden Utica studio, sometimes it's like the cameras are in there, and all the computer stuff's in oh, there. Oh, it's, it's a, a different big, atmosphere, yeah. It, it seems like we do business in there. Yeah. When I do this at the at the house, I can make coffee, it's in like the, it's like my dining room, you know what yeah. I mean? People, it tends to be a more casual conversation right. that way. Uh, that being said, we are here in the upstairs of the Atlanta County Tour. Kelly Blazowski's inner office. <laughs> <laughs> and it's funny, this is actually the second time, we've, this is the 76th episode of the show. Oh, wow. And this is the second time we've recorded in this room. We're in, for episode three, all the way back, oh, wow. all the way back, we didn't have a studio yet, and I had to chase down an interview here with uh, Super Mom of the Year, uh, Kate Miller. Shout out to our friend Kate Miller. Uh, and I did it in this room, which is, uh, it's... Interesting. That's telling. Well, I and I was I was on the board of directors for the Tourism Bureau for many years. So. Oh, wonderful, wonderful. Very comfortable. Yeah. And of course, uh, I didn't even intro you yet. We are talking with Beth Irons. Beth, what's your uh, your byline? You would say here for the United County Public um, Market. Market manager, United County Public Market. Market manager, United County Public Market. And you've been here since two thousand and twelve. Yep. Yes. Yep. Wonderful. Wonderful. Uh, a couple things. I want to start with a few things before we get into the sure. public market. Uh, number one. Uh, 
So I've talked about it casually on the show. We've had a lot of people from Taylor and the Cook on the show. We've had yep. we've had Tim, Tim many Chris. times yep. and Vince. Uh, I see you in the building all the time. What's your connection mm-hmm. to the Taylor restaurant? Um, when they first opened, I was actually the hostess. Really? So I helped run the front of the house, oh, see people. Um, I, I, I see them and greet them. That's what I used to tell them. I, see them. I, I greet them and I see them. And I give them their menus and I introduce them to tonight, the night's feature. And then I hand them over to the cap- very capable servers for the rest of their experience. Um, and then about um, two years ago, um, I was in a position where I was a primary caregiver for my mom, mm-hmm. who was in a, a declining health situation. Mm-hmm. Um, and working evenings there were just got to be a little yeah. too much on the schedule. So still wanting to be part of the team, because mm. they have a fabulous group of people that work over there, um, I talked to Tim and Melissa, and um, they offered to let me work in the office kind yeah. of behind the scenes. Nice. So I go in a couple days a week, and I'm doing the filing, and I'm doing confirmation calls, and I set up gift certificates and all that kind of stuff. So I do some of the necessary but not necessarily, you know, things that more executive people in the staff should be sure. spending their time on. Right. Um, so I kind of take that off of their table and get it, make sure it gets done. So, you know, I, I've been, I've sort of phased back out since I started working for the school district. So, um, I don't really have as much free time anymore to, mm-hmm. to go there. I was working both for a while, but it was, it, you know, I'm also in grad school. So I, my brain, so your plate is full. My brain stopped <laughs> working after a certain point in time, but something about, I actually like spending time there, though. I still try and keep myself on once a month yep. or once every other few yep. weeks just because I like being around. Uh, it's just a great atmosphere yeah, to be a part of. They're great there. people. Um, I've learned so much about how to handle myself in my own kitchen at mm. home just by watching the chefs and watching how the servers handle things. Mm. Um, it's really, it's, and it, it's just, I, I've discovered a second passion that I didn't even know I mm. had being surrounded by them. I used to, I say it all the time, I say to customers there, I used to think I understood how to cook. I grew up in a family oh, of cooks, yeah, and yeah. I, you know, and I, I like to cook. Had a garden in the backyard oh, the whole time I was growing up. I walk in there and they'll show me something, and I go, "Oh, I don't know anything about this." I'm you guys are like you guys are masters. I'm just <laughs> or and another thing is I'm like they put ingredients together that I would never ever think to put together, no. and this magic happens on the plate. It's wonderful. Uh, see, they're 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 gonna think I'm on the payroll, and I am technically <laughs> so, yeah, periodically. Th- th- yeah. <laughs> so, Beth, let's get a little bit into your story before we move further. Mm-hmm. Uh, where where were you like born originally? Were you from this area? Um. Well, yes and no. My dad was in the Air Force. Mm, I was actually born in Canada. Oh, nice. In northern Newfoundland. And um, dad was transferred back to uh, Griffiths when I was little. And they liked it so much that when he ended up Mm. retiring here, he came back from Vietnam and Mm. um, had a few more years to hit um, to to work to his full 20 so he could retire Mm. with full benefits. Um, and they just love the area, so rather than pick up and move, my, both of my parents were originally from southern Ohio, mm. um, they decided to just set down roots here. So oh, nice. um, I did most of my growing up here uh, oh, okay. in the town of Floyd, just outside of Halloween. Yeah, yeah, very nice. Um, which is where my husband and I have recently moved back to. We moved mm. back to the house that I grew up in and um, went to college at SUNY Oswego. Mm. Spent some four wonderful years on the, on the lake shores. Um, and spent the first about 25 years of my professional life in the professional animal care field. Really? Between working at um, a few animal hospitals in the area. Mm. I was with the Utica Zoo for about 10 years. Oh, um, and then prior, just prior to coming to the market, I was at the zoo. Oh, nice. So. Um, 
I want to go back to SUNY Oswego for a second. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm curious, one of the things, we always talk a lot about uh, what you gra- What did you graduate from? I'm very curious. So uh, I graduate? got a Bachelor's of Science in Zoology. Science and Zoology. Yep. Interesting. Yep. Interesting. So you you had it in your head that you wanted to do something with animals at oh, that yeah, time. Oh, yeah, right, right from was... the... I remember being five or six years old, sitting on the floor in front of the TV, uh, watching <laughs> Animal... Wild Kingdom. Yeah. Animal... And Wild Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> yep, and when I got old enough to make to learn how to write, I would sit with a le- with a notebook in my lap and take notes. Yeah, because I knew that's what I wanted to do with my life. Interesting. So yeah. Uh, do you remember much of your time at SUNY Oswego? I know a lot of college oh, yeah. people remember. <laughs> yep. One of the three best decisions I ever made was mm. going to SUNY Oswego, marrying my husband, and having my daughter. Mm. So best, some of the best times of my mm. life were on the shores. Before I get too far away from it, I was curious. Growing up, were you an only child? Did you have family? Um, I had two older brothers and one younger sister. Are you still close? So, um, well, yes and no. Um, (laughs) That's how it always. I unfortunately (laughs) we lost my oldest brother. Oh, I'm sorry to hear um, that. When I was 16, he was in an automobile accident. Mm. Um, And my older brother is in Denver. Has been out there Mm. for almost 40 years. Nice. And my younger sister um, is up in Anchorage. Oh wow! So we we communicate a lot, place. thanks you know <laughs> thanks to the, the internet and social media, we communicate mm. a lot, but we're not physically close that often. <laughs> so I don't know how much of this you care to go into, but I'm curious uh, how you transitioned from the zoo over to the public market. It doesn't necessarily seem like a, a direct. Well, yeah, yet so when you start to understand that the that the the. Uh, the meaning of transferable skills. Mm, okay. um, I held the executive director position at the zoo prior, sure. um, five years prior to leaving there. And um, so I learned a lot of people skills, a lot mm. of organizational skills, um, a lot of my, you know, my financial handling background. Mm. Um, I took some classes at Utica School of Commerce to kind of sharpen my own skills. Oh, nice. um, so when the county executive decided to establish the market here, um, he actually had a person in his office and some summer interns set up the initial market. The, the United County Public Market actually started in June of 2011. Mm-hmm. Um, and it immediately caught my attention, having grown up in a house that, you know, had an acre of garden in the backyard. You know, we, were, we would plan vacation, you know, summer vacations mm-hmm. around what was, what was ready to harvest. And we would spend, you know, it's, 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 cor- it's corn harvesting weekend, so we would spend all day Saturday and Sunday Harvesting the corn, shucking the corn, boiling the corn, cutting it off the cob, putting it in freezer boxes. The freezer was always full of homegrown stuff for the winter. I mean, and when you're, when you have a family of six to feed, you try to, you know, to save money wherever you can. And um, it was uh, going to college was an experience in general, but it was a real experience sitting down to dining hall food, which wasn't harvested. Oh yeah. This afternoon in the garden, you know. <laughs> so that was a that was kind of a new journey, but. Um, it was, you know, there was just a lot of coordinating time and a lot of uh, managing things. Mm. And so the idea of going to a farmer's market mm. was very intriguing to me. So I came in, I started walking around, and I started coming on a regular basis. And then that fall, um, with college, with the county executive's college interns going back to school, um, he needed, he recognized mm. the need to, that, to have somebody let this be somebody's responsibility mm. permanently. Yeah. So they put out an RFP on their website, and um, I applied and went through the interview process mm-hmm. and was lucky enough to be chosen to, uh, to manage it. So you come in in March 2012. Uh, they start the public market city in uh, June, the mm-hmm. year before. Yep. Uh, I will say people love the public market. It has been, yes. at least from an outsider's perspective, I don't know any of the insider stuff. From, well, from... I mean, we've been very lucky. The community has really adopted us. Mm-hmm. They really appreciate what we bring to the table. And I mean, the vendors, the farmers, and the and the artisans, and the crafters mm-hmm. come. You just can't beat them as a group of people to work with. Do you 
uh, I'm just curious. In 2011, I was 2012. I was still in New York City, so I don't have mm-hmm. a lot of context. What can you say the difference is today? I'm looking down at the market today. It's very full. People are all over. Yep. What do you? Yep. What would you say the biggest difference today as it was four years ago was? Um, I would say the first thing is that we have a really strong and pretty large core of um, what I call founder vendors. Mm-hmm. They're the ones that kind of, you know, they liked the county executive, they liked what he was trying to get done, and they kind of jumped in on faith, and it's really panned out for them. We have half a dozen vendors that started with us in 2011 and 2012 that aren't with us any longer because they grew a large enough customer base to support opening up a brick-and-mortar mm-hmm. storefront, yeah. which is really kind of one of the other one of the additional aspects of having a farmer's market. Farmer's mm-hmm. market's... This one, I try to position it so it serves as a business incubator, right. not just a weekly market. Exactly. Um, and we, over the past five years, we've established ourselves as we're part of people's natural Saturday morning routine, mm. particularly in the summertime. You know, we get a lot of people that are heading up north. They swing into the market. They buy, you know, stuff for the grill, fresh meat, fruits, vegetables, that kind of stuff. Um, you know, we're lucky enough. We have we have a couple of bakers with us now. Oh, yeah. So we got baked goods. Oh, we've yeah. got Utica bread. <laughs> we've got Heidelberg bread. Um, and they pick all that stuff up and they go up north, mm. you know, to the camp mm. for the weekends. Um, and we have a growing population of senior citizens that come down here. We participate mm. in the uh, EBT or the SNAP program, or people who yep. get the what they used to call the food stamp yes. things. Yes. They can come down and they can use those benefits here at the market. Really? We have additional huh. incentive coupons. Wonderful. So for, for a person wants to buy $5 worth of tokens off of their EBT card, we give them an extra $2 coupon. So we're actually increasing their buying power by 40%. Sure. Um, we work with the Oneida County Office of the Aging. Um, once a year, they come down and they hand out these for senior citizens. They hand out $20 coupon books, which are free to the senior citizens. So um, there's a lot of things. We try as often as we can. We work with Eat Smart New York. We work mm. with the Department of Health. We want to make as many connections between the locally grown food oh, yeah. and the people who need to eat that food. It's, it's so funny. Uh, it's such an important, simple thing to do. And yes. It's become in our society so easy to, ju- and I, I, I do it all the time. I can't tell you how many times I'm just like, I'm just going to go to Price Chopper. I'm just going to get, yep. and it's not that I don't like going to a grocery store. I'm not, not taking a dump on grocery stores. Yep. Any Price Chopper people are going to call me and yell at me. Uh, but it's, it's important. Like you just look around. I walked through this market today and I looked at, uh, I looked at some of the options available, mm-hmm. some of the wonderful fruits and vegetables. Like uh, Jones Family Farm, I love them. They're all their oh, cheeses. Oh yeah. And they got you, a special going on their gelato today. Oh, that's so good. Those kind of items, it just does, you don't find that in a mess in a large no. scale market. It doesn't exist no. there. And maybe you know, and the always a knock is maybe it's a little bit more expensive. Maybe but you're getting something artisan. Well, you're getting something real. And that's all. And that's an important point to bring mm. up too. That's it. That's a lot of that is a perspective thing because I have yeah. people that say, um, I have. There's two things I want to point out about ours and any mark, sure, farmers market. Sure, of course. Actually. Please. Um, I had one. Um, older lady come up to me. This was the maybe the second or third summer that we were open, mm. that we were running outside, and she was very frustrated. Sure. She couldn't find what she wanted. So I'm like, "Well, geez, what are you looking for?" She says, "I came here for two things." I'm like, All right, I came here for bananas and I came here for pineapples. And I go, "Fortunately, I'm not going to be able to help you with those." People yes. sometimes people miss the point that farmers markets are <laughs> to promote local. <laughs> And she kind of looked at me and she says, well, you got food here. I'm like, yeah, we have great food here. I said, unfortunately, I said, we focus on what can be grown in upstate New York. 
I said, there's not too many pineapple plants in upstate New York. I would be very impressed to see the upstate New York pineapple Me facilities. Too. I would Me really too. look for I would get a job at that greenhouse in a second. <laughs> Um, I want to say, uh, going forward, uh, you know, Mark, you, you guys have done a really, really wonderful job down here. And thank you. I, I, thank I don't, you very much. Oh, no. Thank you guys. And I'm curious, in your head, going forward, looking into the future, what would you like to see going forward in the next mm. five years with the market? Next five years. Well, I, I would like to see the market continue to grow, but mm. I've also been very sensitive to the fact that the market, and this pun intended, <laughs> I've let this, we have let this market grow organically. Mm. We haven't forced it to grow right. faster than it. I don't want it to get too big for the for the community to no longer be able to support it. Um, this is never, I don't ever see this being a market where you're going to see two or three hundred food vendors or mm. vendors in general. We, we First of all, we don't have a venue big enough. Mm -hmm. um, and second of all, we don't have a community that needs to you know, support something. I'm like, sure. maybe, maybe a hundred vendors over the next three to five years. Right. Um, but I don't, I want to stay more focused on quality mm. than quantity mm. because that's a huge and very important difference. Mm. Um, and the next year, next in 2017, we're very excited to be looking at the renovations that the county executive has instituted at the RDA right. wing. We're going to be at least doubling, if not tripling, our indoor space available out there. Wonderful. There's going to be a wonderful new um, entrance point mm. to the market space. I know that the county's also working very hard on increasing the parking availability down here. Yeah. Um, so, yeah that's a problem everywhere in the city, though, I yeah. think. Right? Isn't well, it? Almost and anywhere and, you and go. And Bag Square in general, there's so much good stuff going on down here now. Um, the karma is absolutely fabulous down in Bag Square now. Oh, yeah. I mean, and we're looking for, you know, the market, the Smith's Marketplace to come online mm. in 2017. Mm. Hopefully the Bag Square Brewery, which is right across the road from us, is going to come online. The Pierce and Blake building is going to be ramped up oh, yeah. for 2017. So there's a lot of good stuff. Oh, yeah. Beautiful. You know, it's, it's so... When I left, and I, I always think about it, I really feel like when I left in about 08 and I came back in 20, I guess 24. Came back to a different place, didn't you? Bag Square existed as, it was just peepers. And I, I don't mean that, like, in a comical way. That was the it only was that business. that and the train station. Yeah, and there was not much, like, I remember, that was before um, Robin opened up the tram, because she used to have the coffee shop yep. down there, which yeah, when that, I was. Yeah, was it the uh, Frogs now? Virgo Bat and Leo Frogs. Virgo Bat and Leo Frogs. That one was always important to me. I was a young musician. Mm -hmm. uh, she was, oh, yeah. She was one of the few people who would let young original bands who weren't going to play cover songs or play bars come do their thing and yep. she, she was important for a certain well she's important to everybody in the city she's a great woman but she was very important to a particular subset of men my age who were in that music scene who yeah. felt like we didn't have any place where we could do our Go apply do your our trade yeah. so I always think about Bag Square as those two locations and now it just it, it's really a focal there's point there's over the 100 businesses and yeah. organizations in Bag Square now um before we get into the lightning round, I want to, uh, I just want to let people know where they can get a hold of you or where they can reach out to you at the United County Public Market. Okay. Mm. Um, the, the best place right now, our, our, our website is there, but it's under construction. Sure. Um, we are, the best place to get a hold of us for current information is on our Facebook page, facebook.com mm -hmm. backslash United County Market, or you can call the office at 315-798-3639. Mm -hmm. Wonderful. Or you can send me an email at info at oneidacountymarket.com. Excellent. Excellent. Yeah. Uh, and we are going to get into the lightning round. These are the same six questions we've been asking everybody for the last 40 some odd episodes. Uh, first question, uh, Beth, what was your first car? Ford Fairmont. Ford Fairmont. Yeah. Oh man, I don't know if I know that one. Was it like a? Is it a sedan? Is that a? 
It was a sedan. Yep. Sedan. Baby mm-hmm. blue Ford Fairmont. <laughs> yep. Uh, all right. So in your baby blue Ford Fairmont, or maybe before that, where did you go to attend your first concert? And who did you see? Oh, man. That was actually in college. Oh. I went to the Dome and saw Journey. Journey? Yep. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. Do you remember what they opened with, what they closed with? Was it a big one? Um, it was when they came out with that album that's got the spaceship on the front of yes. it. Yes, yes. Yeah. That's like the... Yep. That's that was that, was that tour. Oh. I saw Journey, Genesis, and The Police all in the same year. Oh, oh it was awesome. Man. It was awesome. You saw The Police? Yeah. God, I would have loved to see yeah. The Police. I'm like a, they were I'm awesome. A, you know, I, I don't love... I get this argument all the time. I don't love Sting necessarily. Like, his solo work is fine. But I... Yeah. The I love The Police. Awesome. Like, I just... Yep. I dug it, man. You saw Genesis, too. It's pretty big. It's a big trio And I, you right know there. what? For the Genesis, I would have gone to the Genesis concert just to see the light show. Oh, yeah. The music was like the icing on the cake. Are you a Peter Gabriel guy or are you a Phil Collins guy? Mm-hmm. Girl, I don't, I don't know. I'm everyone dude. Sorry. More Peter Gabriel than Gabriel. Phil Collins. I like Both Gabriel. of them are right up there. My friend, my friend Dano and I, shout out to my buddy Dano, we get in that argument a lot. <laughs> I'm a Peter Gabriel guy. He's a Collins guy. Um... <laughs> So, uh, let's, uh, when you wake up in the morning, Beth, mm-hmm. how do you take your coffee? With cream. Cream? Yep. No sugar? No sugar. No black? Nope. Cream. Good. Yep. Good. We get a lot of black lately. I'm glad we're changing it up a little yeah. bit. Good. Good. Uh, give me one book, album, movie, or show you are currently reading, listening to, or watching. I'm actually rereading a book I read about hmm. 15 years ago called First Things First by Stephen Covey. Hmm. First Things First. What's that about? Um, it's about kind of like figuring out what's important in your life. Hmm. Interesting. Uh, you know, kind of rising above what people, what hmm. your boss tells you to do and what society tells you to do and just trying to figure out. I've gone, I've just come through a, 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 about a five year period with taking care of my parents hmm. as they had issues. Yeah. Um, and that kind of puts a lot of stuff on hold in hmm. your life. Um, and we're kind of like yeah. growing past that point. So hmm. my husband and I are kind of rediscovering, trying to figure out, hmm. you know, now, a few years ago, we thought this was important. Is it really? Mm. Um, and kind of reprioritizing. So. That's very thoughtful, actually. Yeah, it is. It's kind of, it's a little deeper than I like to be, but, well, it's, good uh, to, but it's good. It's given me some focus. It's good to open yourself up to it those is. kind of things, though. I, I think so, at least. Yep. Um, I'm going to set a scenario for you. Uh, you are walking down the ramp to defend your WWE Women's Wrestling Championship. <laughs> what theme song is playing in the background as you make your way to the ring? Star Wars. Star Wars? Yeah. Like a Star Wars theme? Yeah. And I'll tell you why. <laughs> when I was a hostess at the restaurant, Joe Early, who was the best bartender in Oneida County. Yes, he was a very recent interview yes. on the show. Great guy. Yes. Love Joe. He used to play the theme song to the very first Star Wars movie to, <laughs> to like amp up the staff right before we went into premium before before service started at five. So and that and that was just kind of makes you stand up a little straighter and kind of makes you like you can kick the world right in the backside and nobody can beat you. So uh, that's and, what I would play. And Beth, finally, uh, besides the Star Wars theme, uh, besides the United County Public Market, besides uh, science and zoology, give us one more thing that you are passionate about. Mm, family. Family. Yep. Mm. Yep. Mm. Right now, uh, with my parents recently passing, my husband and I are the last branch of the tree that's in New York. Mm. The rest of our family is all out west or Mm. northwest. Um, So, yeah, that's it's important to stay in touch. I know you're a big part of the community, but have you ever thought about moving out with the family? Um, That would be a really big move. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of like it's. 
I mean, we'd be moving closer to family, but man, upstate New York's been home for yeah. so long. Yeah. I, don't I don't know. know. And they don't have anything out there that we don't have here. I mean, right. both my brother and sister and their families live at the base of the Rocky Mountains, but I'm like, I got the Adirondacks in my backyard. You know, I loved, I never, there was never really a moment. People tend to come back from New York and it's one of two things. They either are sad they came back and they're just like, oh, I wish I'd stayed in New York mm-hmm. or they are done with New York. I actually just occasionally have pangs where I miss it. But in hindsight, I don't, I don't see a you scenario. You don't wish to be back there? I don't wish to be back there, although I, I did enjoy it. I don't, mm-hmm. see, I don't resent that I spent as much time as I did there. Right. But now that I've been back as long as I have and back around my family and the place I grew up, I feel like it would be tough for me to pack up and make the move somewhere else yeah. again. Like, I don't know if I can yeah. do it again. Well, so. My husband was born and raised yeah. here in Utica. Mm. Uh, like I said, I did most of my growing up in the Holopatton area, Rome, Holopatton. Mm. Um, so this has been home for a very long time. Mm. Um, I am more than happy now. We've jumped on a plane a few times to do some visiting. Um, but as happy as I was seeing family and seeing things that I that can't necessarily jump in the car and mm. go see here, um, it always felt good to come home. Yeah. Upstate New York was always home. So. Beth, it is a real pleasure to have you on the show. I want to thank Absolutely. you for taking I'm more than time. happy to. Glad, you, glad we talked. Well, I felt bad taking you off the thing on Saturday. She's like, she's walking uh, around. She's the boss. I don't no, know. I got great people. I got the, And the vendors, uh, the one thing I love about them is you show them where to park and, and they take it from there. Beth, thank great. you so much. I really appreciate it. No problem. Uh, and folks, we'll be back to the show in just a moment. I don't even like Star Wars that much, but I'm not like mad at Star Wars. That's an incredible. So I mean, that's that's great. John Williams killed it. Everybody knows the Star Wars music. It's okay. It doesn't hurt my feelings. Uh, I do overrated. <laughs> that's all. John Williams, though. We talk about John Williams. John Williams. John Williams, Williams though. We you used to have a CD that we you know, shout out to back in the day. CD players in your old Ford Explorer True. used to have that CD of just John Williams theme songs from movies. We would drive around bumping like the Jurassic Park. Like, oh, wow. uh, like nature, like sunset, like out there oh, in the woods man. and mountains. Yeah. Do you remember that time? Complete sidebar here. We were taking the boat out at uh, nighttime on Fourth Lake. Yes. We were up in Inlet, and they had that <laughs> uh, full orchestra in the park yeah, playing for the people. They were doing like music yeah, out man. by the pier or whatever. And we were coming out through the channels. We were just like going slowly around, getting out to the lake, and the orchestra started playing. I think it was Indiana Jones. Mm. It was either Indiana Jones or the Jurassic Park theme, and we didn't know the orchestra was going to be playing, so out of nowhere, this orchestra cues up from what appears to be the woods, and we're just coming out in the boat, the sun's setting. I'm like, this is... Wow. (laughs) Right? I always remember any time I think of John Williams themes. Even if it was Star Wars, I would have been okay with it. Wow. That's a lot. I'm glad that she picked that one, though, and not the Imperial March. I'm sorry. I've heard the Imperial March a lot. I like it, though. Uh, let's get into this week's history. Yesterday, oh wait, I screwed up. Oh, Yesterday's man. history. Today, no, I know, can't get excited. All right, uh, well, get excited because we have three of them today. Three. It was a big day. Oh, you got three. Oh. three. 
it was right. yesterday, three times. Yesterday yeah. did feel like a long day. Now, I'm well, let's see what's going on. First off, one. Uh, last year on this day, Scott Weiland, Stone Temple Pilots, passed away. We talked about it on the show last year, I think. Oh, Scott Weiland, Stone Temple Pilots. It's been a year. <laughs> Imagine a year ago when Scott Weiland died, and we thought that, that was the, like, we're like, oh man, terrible. <laughs> Musicians passing away. I oh, know, what a downer. In 2016, really came back and showed us what's what. Yeah. If you gave me Scott Weiland back, it would not make up for the rest of 2016. <laughs> <laughs> it's like I like Scott Weiland. Rest in peace, Scott Weiland. Yeah. Uh, number two uh, on this day in 771, we're going way, way back for this one. Charlemagne became the king of the Franks. Why is this important? It's not really, but my godson, my own personal Charlemagne, aka GFOP Adam Goldstein, told me this week on the sly that he's getting married in two weeks. I don't know where. Oh, Shout yeah. out oh. to my dude, Tim Charlemagne, the one and only. Adam Goldstein. Congratulations. I know. That's great news. Yeah, congratulations to Adam. Uh, Love him. My buddy. My pal. That's wonderful. Good for them. Yeah. Kid Charlemagne was his first AOL screen. That's true. <laughs> oh, my goodness. I knew that's how you said Charlemagne. Yeah. And you've loved Charlemagne ever since yeah. he was on your buddy list. And that Steely Dan song. Kid Charlemagne. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and then finally, we'll get to today's actual history lesson. On this day in 1848, uh, uh, President Polk triggered the California gold rush by proclaiming that there was gold. In California, uh, in the course of a year, eighty thousand immigrants poured into Colorado in search of gold. Uh, I can't think of what that was like because I can't think of anything that we could discover that people would rush for anymore. Right? Like what? Like what, this was a time when like I just I don't I don't understand. You could just get it on Amazon. Okay, so here's the thing though. So what happened was they discovered gold in Coloma, California. And the guy who discovered it, uh, James Marshall, was trying to keep it a secret because he found it at this sawmill. Smart. All right? So what happened is it didn't stay a secret, obviously, and it got out into the town uh, of Sutter's Fort, and everyone left the town, right? Everyone left the town except this one guy, Sam Brannon. Uh, he bought all the mining supplies he could find, filled his stores at the fort with baskets, pans, heavy clothing, foodstuffs, and provisions. Uh, he then took a bottle of gold flakes, went to the nearest town, put it in the water, and told people that there was gold coming up from the stream, and then became America's first millionaire, selling supplies That's to the incredible. gold rush folks. How about that? That's what a hustle. <laughs> That's the American dream. That, uh, that's yeah. the American dream. Quickly became California's first millionaire, selling supplies to the miners as they passed by. Power move. Power move. Big day in history. Big day in history today, guys. A lot of stuff going on. Um, are you guys Reddit people? I know, Kevin, you're a Reddit person. We spend a lot of time talking about Reddit. You a Reddit? Yeah, yeah. You a Reddit person? No, I'm not even sure what it is. <laughs> that's a good question. I don't even think I'm exactly sure what no, Reddit is sometimes. Uh, but I was on Reddit today, and Reddit always comes up with some very fascinating discussions for me. And one of the ones I was reading today was about books, important books in people's lifetime. And I wanted to bring this up to you guys and see what you thought. The actual post title was this, Catcher in the Rye, Aided in My Transition to Adulthood. What books have ever had a lasting impact on you in any way? All right, so that's the question. I'll give you guys a second to think about this if you want. Are you going to play the Jeopardy music? Because I can't think without it. No. no. Uh, but I have a couple I can throw out at you guys right off the bat that I was thinking of. Okay. Now, first off, I'm not going to say The Stand. I'm not going to say The Brave New World. I talk about both those books all the time. I don't need to talk about them some more. I am going to talk about a book called Where the Red Fern Grows, uh, which was a book I read as a kid. You ever read that book? No, but I've heard a lot about it. Kev, you familiar with that book? Vaguely. 
It was a book that I read as a child. It's about uh, a boy who has two hunting dogs, and he goes hunting in the forests, uh, and he builds this bond with the dogs, and lo and behold, uh, spoiler alert for a book that's over 50, 60 years old, uh, the dogs die at the end, and kids oh. learn a terrible lesson about life and death and loss oh and redemption. God. And it was the first book I ever read as a kid that made me, like, cry and mm-hmm. feel feelings. Like, I was just, like, I read it in my room and just like, like oh my god, why would this happen? But I remember that being the first time, for me, for a guy who's like a literary nerd, that a book was like, I was like, wow, this is impressive that this could do this. Like, my mom forced me to read this book. I didn't really want to. And at the end, it drove me to tears. It sounds right. kind of funny, but it was important. So that's, that was the first one I think of in terms of my books. Um, I, I have to, I would still say It, even though we talked about Stephen King books before, I read that when I was like 11 and that seeped in and it'll be in there forever. Um, but To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. I've given away probably 25 copies of To Kill a Mockingbird to people at Christmas. I probably end up reading it like once a year. It's such a universal story and so easily well, like it's so well written and easy to read and like accessible. Mm. And it's crazy to have something written in a time period that stands up almost more than ever, you know, today, so many years later. I think that's impressive. And I also think it's cool that Harper Lee really only wrote one book, right. more or less. I mean, she put out Ghost Out of Watchmen like last year, but for all intents and purposes for, you know, 40, 50 years of time. So, To Kill a Mockingbird. Mm. Well, I saw the movie, but I liked the book better. When I was in high school, I, I read The Giver. The Giver. I oh, loved you know. that book. I'm glad you said that, because yeah. that popped up a lot on the Reddit stream. I'm glad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I loved mm-hmm. The Giver, and I was, this isn't really a, well, it's still a book, the Shel Silverstein poems. Oh, yeah, that's a big one. Oh, my God, they just took me to, like, another place. They were my favorite books. Those were those were deep for kids. Yeah, those they books, were. Those poem books were heavy. Yeah. yeah I must have reread those. I read those a lot as a kid. Not oh. particularly like poetry. I'm thinking about finding them again and getting them. Can you uh, can you count Calvin and Hobbes? It's not necessarily a book, mm-hmm. but you know what I mean. Yeah, it is. Like, I know what you mean. It's yeah. I would count like it. waking yeah. up. You know, like when yeah. you're when you're young and you because when I think of books like this, it's like you're starting to think of stuff that makes you see the world a little bit more. And there's like here's a book about John who goes to school and plays baseball. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and that was one of the ones that starts to sort of put you on some more adult themes in a really accessible way. Calvin and Hobbes. I'll, I'll throw this one out at you. I've talked about it, I think before, but Calvin and Hobbes was big for me with my parents getting divorced in kind of a weird way. I read there's this Calvin and Hobbes spread where Calvin goes on vacation and he leaves Hobbes at home and he's annoyed that he left Hobbes at home and they're on the way back to the house and they get home and they find out the house is robbed and Calvin's freaking out and he's like running through the house looking for Hobbes and he's yeah, crying yeah. And, and he gets and he finds Hobbes in the bed right and the parents are like still upset because the house is destroyed but you know he's just happy that he has his buddy yeah. back but there's like a throwaway line in the next panel where the parents are talking mm-hmm. and the parents are talking about their house getting broken into and they say God, I feel so uncomfortable now. I never thought I'd feel uncomfortable in my own house. And the other mom, and the mom says, like, well, I always thought this was something that happened to someone else. And the dad says, well, we're all somebody else to somebody else. Right. And that was sort of... Yeah, that's not a throwaway line. That's the emotional payoff of the panel. As yeah. a kid, though, it was a throwoff line initially. You know, like, I didn't, it, there's no Calvin, there's no Hobbes, there's no, like... It was like... A Just dis- from yeah. the point of view of the parents. Yeah, 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 I mean, like, it's not, it's not a throwaway line. I but see what you're saying. In context, yes. over the years, I took that... Mm-hmm. To heart as the divorce thing happened, because I got my parents got divorced in an era when I wasn't totally sure that people's parents were getting divorced right. all the time. It wasn't right. today, you know what I mean? It was uh, and that was a big help for me. So that's a that's a, I'm glad you brought that up. 
Uh, and then very quickly, I read a lot of the Roald Dahl books growing up, like Matilda, George's Marvelous Medicine, a lot of those books. Uh, read a couple the Chocolate of those. Factory. Yeah. I bought all those books for my nieces and nephews for Christmas last year, being like, these they're going to love them, and they could have cared less. Yeah. I liked The Witches. I read The Witches when I was a kid. Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> like that one? That is... <laughs> Kevin, yes. <laughs> that just made me so happy. Good. And the movie was so good, too. Like, uh, it followed the book so well. Okay, I'm sorry. I just had such a flag. That's like a traumatic movie for some people. <laughs> oh, I love uh, it. I will say in high school, this is kind of a pretentious one. In high school, I read uh, Candide by Voltaire. That's like an old yeah. book. That's like a book that if you're into literature, sort of taught me about satire. That was like the first, It's like a beginner's course in learning about satire and being snarky. Right. Kind of like, that was an interesting book. I wouldn't say That's cool, though. transition me into adulthood. But that was a chain. I don't have a specific book, but that was uh, when I started getting into Kurt Vonnegut when I was like young and I yeah. started to try to be like, well let me try to let me try to tackle some of these like huge name authors and see what it's about. And that was something that really stuck with me is the yeah. way that he did satire and like understanding it was more than just like here's a joke. That was an interesting one on the thread. Kurt Vonnegut got brought up a bunch of times because there's a couple of teachers on the thread who were talking about when they were in high school, you would always see a couple kids reading Kurt Vonnegut. And now if you see a kid reading Kurt Vonnegut in high school, it's 50-50 that a teacher won't tell them you shouldn't be reading that in class. Do you know what I mean? Whereas some teachers would be like, oh, you're reading that. You should read this and this and this. Why would they say you shouldn't read in class? I don't know if people like the language in all those. What? Oh, my God. You know, language. I, I'm, I'm not. What language? Look, These kids with the Netflix on their cell phones and Twitter. <laughs> Absolutely, the language. I, look, I'm not arguing. Like, you're afraid they're not going to know the words. I think big. I'm I think, upset. I think that all the upset. kids should read all the books. I'm just talking. I went, never mind. See, Reddit. This they is what happens on Reddit. Guidelines. Okay. Do you have these teachers at the school that you work at? I, these are Reddit teachers. Tell them to call me. They could be lying. Tell them to call me. I'm going to give you that's my That's the thing about Reddit. These people could all be lying. I don't know. I don't know any of them. Because that was so really, stimulation just for you. Yeah, because that was a really good uh, post in between a picture of someone's venison steak and a cat that looked like it was floating Ooh. on a sunroof. So Reddit has all sorts of things. Mm. It's a cacophony of excitement. There you go. There you go. Uh, guys, ready to play a game? Yeah. Time for a game. We're going to return to a game we've played once or twice before on the show. A little bit of Would You Rather. I love games. You so do love games. <laughs> More games for Mara. Um, all right, so... These would-you-rathers were cultivated throughout the internet uh, and also from my brain, a few of them. So, we will go in order until we decide it's not fun anymore. Uh, first one, uh, and we'll go into caveats in a second, but this is real basic. Would you rather okay. travel to space or travel to the deep ocean? No. Kevin, space. you go. Space. <laughs> space. Sorry, I'm so no, emotional. Space. <laughs> Sorry. So, well, I have such a deep fear of the ocean. Philosophobia. Is that what that is? Look it up. Huh. I don't want to. <laughs> what, I'm too scared. The things that scare me about the ocean and about space are theoretically the same thing. Because like, if it goes bad in one or the other, it, it's over. And for basically the same reasons, right? You would just uh, like... It's just not the same. I don't know what it is. For some reason, for me... If I'm going to put uh, myself yeah. into some teeny tiny craft mm -hmm. and be jammed up with these people, the only thing that's nice about the ocean is you can do it like in a day. Do it sure. over a weekend. You can't really just like go to space on a weekend, um, but like you want the visuals, right? So like once you get down to a certain level where it's just like jet black and you're looking out the window, like oh cool, there's the ocean floor. Probably keeps going on, but I can't see ten feet, so who knows? Who knows? Like no, you, who knows? Space where you can like actually get out there and get a look at like space itself. Yeah, that's a no brainer. And Plus no gravity and no sharks. Stop. No sharks. Yeah, that, that is one of the letdowns. I was just going to say. sharks. <laughs> I was just going to say. Don't even. We have not gotten to a point in the galaxy where we've discovered the cosmic space sharks yet. 
So when we are out in space and the cosmic space sharks come for us, and they will, Damn. it's important to prepare. I didn't, I didn't want to spoil it for you, but that's actually what Interstellar is about, is space cosmic space sharks. Space yeah. sharks. Oh, I know man. you've been off watching it for a long time. Spoiler. It's actually about cosmic space sharks. Spoiler alert. Okay. Spoiler alert for all you Christopher Nolan fans. All right. Well, let's, uh, Mario, take the lead on this one. Would you rather always have to say exactly what you're thinking or never be able to speak at all? Always have to say exactly what I'm thinking. Because I kind of do that anyways. <laughs> here's here's my question. Annoying. Does that mean you have to speak all the time? Any Yeah, any innermost thought so you, you have. Can yeah, know. any thought that comes oh. through, You have to speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, no, always no. have to say whatever you're thinking. Or you're never allowed to speak at all. Yeah, that's not can just Can I something. lock myself in a room? <laughs> like, can I just I feel like the, an, the answer here is to never be able to speak again and just be that yeah. interesting... Absolutely. Quiet. Person, oh, that, right. Yeah, Absolutely. that cute, mysterious mute. In the you can communicate. You. You, like, you communicate in different ways, but like it's my. That's my question, though. Is so you're sitting there watching TV silently. Or you're just sitting there. You're sitting on a porch, looking at a tree silently. You're still having thoughts. So does that mean you have to speak those? Because what you're doing is you get yourself into a place where you can never stop speaking. Yeah. No sleeping, just speaking. <laughs> that's, that's, that's terrible. That's a good point. Absolutely not. I like to yeah. you get it. You get plus the silent gives you a little bit of maneuverability. Mm-hmm. You can still like conduct your affairs as opposed to like going into like a meeting with your boss and like you're not you're kind of annoyed about like a project you were <laughs> yeah, doing or something like that. Just going in and be like, hey, <laughs> I think you're out of touch. <laughs> it's just like, Whoa, that's how you look a jerk. Nice face, nerd. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So let's move on. Uh, all right, number three. Would you rather have hiccups forever or always feel like you were going to sneeze but never sneeze? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you, I hate, I hate the hiccups. Yeah, yeah. I hate the hiccups. They hurt. You can die. Did a guy die hiccups. from that? I did once. Oh. <laughs> I feel like both would cause you to slowly go insane. Well, I feel like you would get used to feeling like you're about yep. to sneeze. Yeah. I don't think you would. Really? You would. I, feel like you, I, I feel like that's easier to find a workaround than constantly hiccuping. Oh, I hate that feeling when I think I'm about to sneeze, but I can't. Yeah, I but you know, like the real, right you know like the real hard hiccups where it's like just a straight like, <laughs> like right in the center of your chest? Would you folks like you that? You wouldn't be able to sleep. Would you folks like that podcast? I just hiccup. Hold on. You're not hiccuping. You're I, just talking like well, Jimmy Fallon. I can't. I can't. <laughs> it's six of one. You know what I mean? Um, oh all right. Um, all right. So let's move on. Um, all right. Number four. Uh, would you rather only be allowed to listen to Nickelback songs or be forced to reread the 56 iTunes Terms and Commitment Agreement every day to listen to music? You can't do 56 pages a day. Get off my planet. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> no, I guess you would have to. Can I play my own music? No. Oh. <laughs> good. All right. Is everybody good? <laughs> yeah, move on. You guys good? All right. All right. Oh All right. This one. I, that's so hard. Do you have to read it out loud? Yeah, it's in your head, I suppose. You have to, like, recite it. Can right. you say like, it just in your phone phone. Tunes? Like, can you say it with the Temple of Yes, I do. <laughs> I don't know any other things. I've, I've never read it, so I don't know what's on the commitment. I just scroll through and press click, because I've never... Read. It could literally ask me anything, and I'd be like, what, taking my first part? Yeah, sure, and fine. I just don't want to read. Press, enter, <laughs> good. All yeah. right. Well, that's your point. All right, let's move on. Here's a more morbid one. This is right up your alley, You like the morbid <laughs> So, <laughs> smiling for the morbid one. Would you rather know... When you're going to die, or how you're going to die? How? How? Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, because how doesn't exactly give me a sense of time, so I still know how much time I have. 
So it could be any day still. <laughs> I'm gonna count. Right, I'm gonna counterpoint that argument. Okay. So let's say you go to the psychic or whatever. Mm-hmm. You go to the the, tele, the telepath, and they say you're gonna die from an icicle, but you don't know when. Are you just going to spend the rest of your life avoiding icicles? Is it going to change the way you view the world? Like, you just spend the rest of your life. I feel like... You should have moved to South Charles Carolina and have a beautiful life. Yeah, right? But then you still know, but even in South Carolina, somewhere along the way, that tragic icicle is looking for you. I'm going to rest a lot easier in South Carolina than I am in Maine in winter. I see your point. I see your point. Yeah. I guess it depends how I would die. But then... Well, yeah, but like, then I can see that's a little bit more serious if somebody tells you, like, hey, you're going to get brain cancer. Right. That's terrible because anytime you're like, what did I come into this room for? Oh, God, it's here. Like, it's, it's starting. <laughs> yeah, but you so can make that gonna... now. You, could, you know what I mean? Well, sure. But, like, when you when you know for sure that that's what it's going to be, that at some point this is definitely going to happen, you're going to see it, like, you know, out of the corner of your eye and sneaking around the shadows all the time. Something like an icicle, you just move to somewhere nice. See, I'm kind of, see, I kind of think that in my end, I'd rather know when so I can get all everything in order and say my goodbyes, do all my thing, and then on the day, I'll just be on that front porch and I'll say whatever's coming what if they say like whatever it's gonna be it's gonna be today and i'm you know what that's that's okay i feel like that would drive me crazy talk about mental health that would drive me crazy (laughs) i wouldn't be able to count it down yeah i wouldn't be able to have that you know uh, seven more days until you die like (laughs) i wouldn't be able to make it that was morbid let's go a little lighter next one next one all right superpowers since you're the superhero here aren't you all right would you rather would you rather be able to run 100 miles an hour or to fly, fly, but only at 10 miles an hour. Okay, but when I'm running, do I get sweaty? Like, can I just run and it doesn't feel like anything? Or am I? do I feel like I just ran, like, that fast after I'm done? No, you're the Flash. You just run 100 miles an hour and you feel like you normally you run. Might have, like, like, screw a up, moderate run. spritz. No. I, you... You can only... Yeah, look at Tri-Team. What are you talking about? I have an awesome life. I'll be flying. The, the I'll be ten, so fast. You're casually flying at 10 miles an hour, though. 10 miles an hour is fast enough. If I had to fly to work at 10 miles an hour and I could go directly down there, they would be What about winter? Faster. What are you going to do during the winter? You're going to Drive freeze. my car. I don't have to use my superpower every day. I'm not a glutton. Like, I mean, <laughs> I'll sit here and I'll fly. But look, where, where are you going to run every day? You're going to run 100 miles an hour in January outside somewhere? You, you know how cold you're going to be? I'm going to be so in shape. My cardio health, like my heart health, is going to be through the roof. I feel sure, like... But Enough to not be able to fly? I feel like the 10 miles an hour... That seems like an oversight. It seems short-sighted. The 10 miles an hour is not great. I'll pick you up. I'll give you a ride. The 10 miles an hour is not great, but I feel like for running to overtake flying, I would need it to be faster than 100 miles an hour. I would need to go like... Like the Flash, I need to be Speedy able to. Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah, yeah, Speedy Gonzalez. Yeah. I'm not talking like 100 miles an hour is fast, but a car can go 100 miles an hour. Like that's it's, not. You know what I mean? Like I feel like the running 100 miles an hour would end up becoming more of a parlor trick than anything. Like yes, hey, look, I can do this. Look at the video yeah. of me. Look at me. I'll like make appearances, like do interviews, write a book about it. Sure. But like I feel like flying, I would actually use a lot more. Yeah, it's true. You can okay. use flying if you're trying to clean your gutters on the second floor of your house. I, I say flying if I have a cool flying costume. That's up to you. you buy a you, new. Yeah, you can do it again. Oh, I'm like an Iron Man. Sure. But Iron like Woman. Black. <laughs> yeah. Good. All right. Cheese. The Iron Woman. All right. Number seven. I like it. Uh, we got two more. This one's uh, this is a good one. Would you rather be able to speak any language fluently you wanted, like all the languages you wanted fluently, or talk to animals? <gasps> this is a this is a tough one. I know. Talk to animals. I think this is the same question that Kevin just said. 
Talking to animals is a little bit more of a parlor trick, I feel like, if no one else can do it, right? Can you imagine what they know? I could, you could parlay speaking any language on this planet fluently into a high-paying position somewhere. You could be very useful if you could talk any language on this planet fluently. I'd be flying anywhere I want, speaking whatever language (laughs) I need. The world's flying, the world's slowest flying universal translator. But but how how far (laughs) are we going to... How far can you anthropomorphize a zebra to the point where you're sitting here and like make the zebra have human characteristics? Like the zebra's not going to come up to you. Like, how was your day today? Did you have a good day at work? Like zebras know what work is. Yeah, they have a little what tiny if, brain. What if they do? Yeah, right. is it? I guess the question is: Is this like a Doctor Doolittle scenario yeah. where you can? Well, all of a sudden, the animals all have like personalities, and know about like human affairs. No, but you understand like their language. Like you speak yeah. to the horse in horse language. Like yeah. you know what I mean? Like in or whatever. I can't do a horse. Oh my but, god! You know what I mean? I can't. Horses are tough to do. I'm scared of horses. Let's see here or there. Are you? Yeah, I'm scared of horses. They're big. They got hooves. You gotta respect the horse. You gotta respect the horse. And it knows. You know what? A horse is smart. It looks at me and goes, yeah, that guy's afraid of me. I grew up. I've got, that guy's got I've got some cousins that are horse trainers. I went to like a yeah. horse farm a couple times when I was a kid. You definitely got to respect for them. Like they're, yeah, they'll kill they're you. They're big animals. They're intimidating. And last but not least, this is my favorite one. Uh, would you rather be the world's greatest Racquetball player, like the best racquetball player on the planet, or find sixty-five dollars on the street, no strings attached. World's best racquetball player. Yeah, I feel like I want that sixty-five bucks. I'll let you borrow sixty-five <laughs> bucks when I'm the world's best racquetball player, <laughs> and I'm at least eking out, you know, five figures on that somewhere. Like you can make more than sixty-five dollars if you're the best. At any sport, you can make more than sixty-five dollars. <laughs> Imagine the ladies; you get so many. The racquetball groupies. The racquetball groupies would Yo. be smoking. Sixty-five bucks gets you a lot of racquetball groupies. <laughs> From what I know, not that I know anything about that like lifestyle. Sixty-five. Of them. Hashtag I don't know anything about that lifestyle. Uh, you can follow Mara on Twitter at Mara Olivia with two A's. Uh, follow Kevin or don't follow him. It's all just the way life goes at underscore Evan underscore Kevin Sullivan. Uh, follow me at SF Doom, Uticast at Twitter, uh, at Twitter, Uticast at, at symbol Uticast, uh, Uticast.com. I know, it's been a while. Get at us, send us a DM. Uh, slide in. Yeah, slide on in, and we will, uh, we'll see you next week. Yes? Yes? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Finals yes. will be over. Finals. Done. Done. Done.